Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. I'm Chris Emke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we got an awesome episode set up today. Uh, we're going to be revisiting with somebody who told us about EPA raids. Yeah, three-letter words, man. Three-letter three letter words, three-letter yeah, yeah. syllables, one of the two. Something like Some, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can tell Chris is on his A-game today. No worries. Uh, our awesome guest is going to help us out with uh, keeping this moving along. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. You guys know uh, we love and support WC Fab, Exergy, XDP, and Calibrated Power, home of Duramax Tuner. Uh, check them out. You could support us by supporting them, uh, and we all would really appreciate it. But Chris, I thought we would dive in and bring Mike Hanzuck onto the show. Mike, how the hell are you? Oh, another day in, you know, bright, sunny Alaska. Nice and overcast. <laughs> Before this recording, I just found out Alaska right now in the summertime, it's light all day. All, All night. day, yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, you had originally come on the show, uh, God, I think about a year ago. Yeah, a year, year and a half. Sound, sounds about right. Uh, to tell us a little bit about your interaction with the EPA and what that looked like, could you give our, our listeners, anybody who's new to the show, just a quick recap of what your experience was uh, with the EPA? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we for those that don't know, Mike, Panzik, uh, you know, I used to be, I was the founder um, and one of the owners of Arm Rip and Toys. Um, we had a situation where we were visited by the EPA, much like, I guess, a lot of shops across the country uh, that are dealing with similar stuff. Uh, we came on, talked about kind of that initial experience, you know, how that went, um, you know, the, the way that they came in and treated it just like any other federal, you know, criminal, I guess, situation, that sort of thing. Um, and kind of the severity of that initial like visit. Right. Um, and that was kind of, I think everything we went over last time, um, since then, you know, it's been quite a while. It's been almost two years now of dealing with this. Um, and it's progressed, you know, we have much more progress now. And of course, uh, now that things are kind of coming to the wrap, wrap up, you know, I have a little more ability to come out and say, Hey, this is exactly what's going on. This is what to look out for and, and that sort of thing. Um, and that's why I'm here. Awesome. Yeah, man, I, I, I know I have a couple of basic questions yeah. to get started. So so when they when they came in, um, if I remember correctly, they kind of came in, told everybody, set, set down your tools, we're doing an inspection, and they went through everything and inspected it. You guys were very helpful and cooperative along with that process. Uh, you had expected that there would be some fines, uh, but we did not know any idea of, of really what they would be or, or in what amounts. Um, what was the process like after they left? What was your next point of contact? Uh, about this? So after they came through and initially gathered everything that they were going to gather, um, you know, it was actually like radio silence for quite some time. Uh, I honestly, I can't tell you the amount of months, but I mean, it was months, you know, probably upwards of six plus months, um, if not eight or 10 months of radio silence. Um, <clears throat> and then we, that's when you start getting the notices of, okay, you got to appear at this court appearance, you know, Hey, um, we want to talk to you. Hey, we want to, you know, ask some questions and, and, you know, going forward. And that was kind of the process there. And then it was very similar, honestly, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, but talking with other folks that have gone through different federal criminal situations, not necessarily EPA related, it was very similar as the process, right? So despite the fact that, okay, you know, a lot of people look down and say, well, it's just exhaust, you know, that's, that's not necessarily the case, right? I mean, it is a federal regulation, it is a federal law, um, you know, and, and that's very much as what it's treated as. Uh, in this case, you know, I, I mean, basically what I'm being 
you know, charged guilty of is violating or conspiracy to violate the Clean Air Act, right? So when you look that up, I mean, you can, you can look it up online. It's all posted there. Uh, there is up to five years in federal prison for that violation, right? Um, up to $250,000 in fines for that, right? Now, we don't know what the official outcome will be because we haven't got there, but that is, you know, the potential of what you're facing in situations like this. Um, of course, you know, and, and that's what they're coming after is the fact that, hey, your actions directly caused uh, significant pollutants into the environment, um, you know, and, and that's basically the, the, I guess, the gist of what is being go or what is going on here and what's, you know, they're, they're pushing for. Now, when they were at the shop, was this more so like trucks in the building that you guys were working on? Was this more like we're drop shipping stuff, we're selling exhaust systems, we're selling tuners that were defeat devices? Like, what did that situation look like? They wanted everything, right? So for us as a shop, um, you know, I, I won't say for sure what we didn't didn't sell or do or whatever, right? But um, what I will say is that they were coming after everything. We did have an online store. We, we did have a shop. We did do installs of various, you know, parts, whether, whatever that was. Um, and that was the case, right? Is, is they came after and said, okay, we, we want, we're inspecting trucks on the lot. We're inspecting your records. We're inspecting online orders. I mean, they're going through everything. Um, yeah. And, and they, you know, it was almost like, when they came in though, they had a list of like exactly what to look for. Right. This is not a situation of, I think a lot of people have a misconception of like, Oh, they're coming in to see what they can find. No, by the time they come in, I can promise you this. They have a quite a file on your shop or your business or you personally and, and, or possibly all of the above. Um, and they are looking for, okay, let's gather more evidence to support this file that we already have created. Oh. That's a scary feeling. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, being investigated by any federal agency uh, is definitely, you know, raises some flags and some hairs on the back of everybody's neck. I think what I'm surprised to hear as well is early on in a lot of these EPA cases, and I know like at the beginning of COVID uh, and things like that, uh, we were seeing guys strictly talk about the the fines and the enforcement from the EPA fine schedule, mm -hmm. not really a lot about the the actual felony and conspiracy to commit, uh, right. you know, that I think that's kind of a, a newer development uh, in this process. Was that the something that year. they brought up early in the conversations with you? Was that was that brought up at the on-site or was that brought up as you went through the process further down the road? Yeah, I mean, it's never not been a part of the conversation, right? So I think that, you know, we base a lot of what's, happening or what to expect based on possibly what's happened in the past right and you do see a lot of situations where hey potentially you know this company or company xyz or company abc they got fined and here's the situation right but what i can tell you is that you don't know the behind the scenes right you don't know what's gone on behind the scenes and every situation is different and while yes, you know, it is potential that there is just possibly fines, you know, it, I mean, there's also the flip side of, hey, this could be a federal felony, right? Um, and, and the reality of it is, is a lot of people have kind of based this premise off, well, if I put it on the end user, right? Well, hey, if I have them sign this waiver, or hey, if they read this disclaimer, or whatever, right? And that's simply not the case. I mean, in 2020, the, the EPA, um, you know, looking at my notes here in December, there's a, a release, December 2020 EPA enforcement alert. It's literally uh, titled, 
aftermarket defeat devices and tempering are illegal and undermine vehicle emissions controls, right? So in that document, I mean, the EPA specifically laid out, this is what we're coming after. This is what's illegal. Here's the actual references and, and the laws of what you're doing and what you're violating, right? And here's also the potential uh, of consequences of violating these, you know, laws. I mean, because you don't just have conspiracy, you have, you know, violating the Clean Air Act, you have conspiracy to violate Clean Air Act. I mean, there's quite a few, you know, potential illegal violations. And, you know, we can get into politics all day and say, hey, you know, I don't agree or this and that. But th the truth of the matter is there, there's a law, right? It's a federal law. It doesn't matter what state you live in. It doesn't matter. Oh, my, my local area doesn't, you know, do anything with emissions. It doesn't matter. It's a federal law. Right. And one thing that I've been trying to convey to people is the potential of the unseen. Right. Because everybody says, OK, well, fines. Right. It's a little bit of money. No big deal. But here's the thing. Right. There's there's so many other situations that are linked to that that people don't necessarily think about. Right. The potential for you to carry jail time. Right. And we're not talking, hey, go do a little weekend because you got too drunk or whatever at your local jail, right? I mean, we're talking federal prison time um, as a potential. We're talking, okay, now you carry a federal felony on your record, right? I mean, if you want to get into anything in the financial industry, right? I mean, that's a problem. Um, renting houses, right? I, I mean, they're getting jobs. Say you don't continue with your business, right? And you, and you go back to a normal day job. I mean, that is all stuff that can potentially affect all of those things, right? The stress on your family, potentially shutting down your business, right? I mean, how many businesses have we seen shut down over the years because of this stuff, right? Um, so having to look those employees in the eyes and say, hey, I know this is how you feed your family, but sorry, it, you know, you got to do something else, you know, or all these customers that, that trusted you, supported you, all that stuff and say, hey, we can't support you any longer because by the way, we have to close the doors, right? I mean, that's all stuff that people don't think about that's associated with this. That's kind of, you know, you have to really put more thought behind what you're doing, right? I think as time progresses too, I think it's just gonna become more of a severe thing where we saw what the fines were years ago. You know, H&S was probably the first real public company to have yeah. in the diesel industry, at least an EPA fine. And we've seen as time progresses, the fines are getting more and more aggressive. Uh, there are certain players in the business that, you know, is potentially facing some jail time due to these things. So, you know, it's one of those right. things where there's gonna be that one person or that one shop or that one individual who is gonna be made the example out of, they are gonna be doing some serious time, it is gonna be a big deal, yeah. and then they're gonna work off of that and that's gonna be the new standard. It's well, no longer gonna be a slap on the wrist and money. Well, and it, it's logical too, and it, it's, it's, it's apolitical if you make it apolitical. If you just right. think about the logics of if you are supporting the EPA or if you work at the EPA and you want to say how do we enforce this the first thing you do is you say we're gonna go make an example of somebody whether it's edge or whether those H&S whoever their yeah. target was they went out and they said okay we'll slap them with whatever three million dollar fine just random number um, figure that would scare everybody else off it didn't so they escalated what will scare people off and and that's what we're continuing to see is is an escalation and what that what that involves, you know, whether that's for, for negotiating power or whether that's for enforcement or, or to, to make an example right. of somebody, it, it's, it's all fun and games to speculate on what the motivation is. At the end of the day, like you said, Mike, you're the one stuck living the life, living the consequences of those, of those you know, situations. Um, God, two years dealing with it, uh, 
what does that look like? Every couple of months you have to go to a court date? Is it, is it more frequent or more regular at times? Is it something that's like a real big burden just on trying to live a life? Yeah, I mean, the first six to 10 months, honestly, was a lot of um, it's radio silence, right? So it's speculation, wondering, like, what's going on, that sort of thing. And then after that, yeah, I mean, it's it's seemingly every couple months, there's a meeting of some sort, a court date of some sort, you know, just something, um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I mean, the process is very thorough. Um, I can tell you when you're dealing with the feds, you know, a lot of people like to put politics into it and, and put emotions and feelings into it. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's a limitless budget, right? And they they're very thorough with what they do. Um, and and the, the feeling that I've gotten in dealing with this is not that, hey, they're necessarily coming out to say, okay, these agents want to personally attack me, right? At the end of the day, there's laws that are in place, whether we like them or not, you know, the, the political system, voting of laws, all that stuff is a whole different conversation altogether, right? The fact of the matter is there is laws are in place, no matter how much we do and don't like them. And just like we all have jobs, you know, I, I mean, like you guys have a job, right? Doing this podcast is part of your job. Enforcing laws is what these agents are, you know, that, I mean, that's their job, right? So, and that's what it comes down to is enforcing that. And yeah, I mean, it, it has been right. Like the last two years, there's a lot of other stuff that people don't see. Right. Um, in our case, we had to shut the business down. Right. Um, in early stages of these situations, you're told not to say anything, not to do anything, keep your mouth shut, just do, you know, completely. Right. So then you open up a, a situation where now you're not only dealing with, um, battling the legal side, right? Now you're battling, you know, customers, friends, family, that sort of thing, because you can't really tell anybody what truly is going on, right? I mean, you can't tell them what's going on behind the scenes. You can't. So there's a lot of other situations, right, associated with this. I mean, it puts a burden on your family. You know, I've, I've um, <clears throat> for the most part, been pretty lucky, you know, with my family and their support and whatnot. But, you know, I've talked to countless other people that that have gone through the same thing, you know, and, and, the, the situations in marriages or, or families, right. That it disaffects because now they have a huge financial burden. Um, they're battling legal, you know, cases. And in a lot of cases, the provider of the family is now taken out of their element. They're not able to provide that sort of thing. And it puts, you know, these other strains on other parts of your life. Now, from the initial, the EPA coming in and going through the business, how short or long after did you guys close up the shop? Six months. Six months. And that was something yeah. that they had basically come yep. like told you, hey, this is what you're doing. Was that laid out for you or was that a choice? Let, yeah, let me. So I don't want to give the false impression that that was the, the 100% reason, right? There was multiple factors in, in this decision. But one of the major factors was this situation, right? Um, and, and the fact of us getting through that other side, right? And not to say that you couldn't, um, I mean, plenty of businesses have made it through. I don't want to discourage anybody from that, right? In our specific situation, um, given all of the factors that we were dealing with at the time, this icing on the cake, it made the most sense, you know, after talking to, um, you know, various financial and legal consultants um, uh, of the situation, this was the best move forward. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say, hey, you know, we were forced to because the EPA, you know, they, they ultimately, when we chose to close things down, we were still in radio silence at that point in time. Um, and we had no for sure validation of how closing the business would or would not affect, you know, the case at all. Can I ask something? And if this is too personal, it's fine to say, say you don't want to answer. But if you close down the business and all of the EPA violations were done by a business, does that absolve you of liability? No, not at all. Um, and, and regardless of if the business is still active or not, um, the, this is something where as a business owner, right. And it doesn't matter if you're an S corp an LLC, you know, a lot of people get into the technicals of like, okay, ownership. And well, if I have an LLC, I'm protected from legal. Well, no, that protects you in certain lawsuits, right? It doesn't protect you from all legal obligations of the business. Um, you still have a, I guess, fiduciary responsibility and have to take responsibility for the functions of that business. Right. Um, and, and if there is any sort of involvement by yourself as a business owner, that then puts you in that lineup, right? Um, and while they're not going after the end user, users still that I'm aware of, um, they are coming after any responsible parties, right? So even in a situation where potentially say you have a mechanic and he is actively participating in this and it can be proven, hey, you had more than enough knowledge to say no to this and you continue to do so, they can potentially be responsible as well. Wow. Wow. That <laughs> That's an eye opener. I mean, listen, we had heard rumors that like when some of the bigger tuners initially got hit that they made their engineers and their actual calibrators right. go through and sign disclosures or sign agreements saying we will never delete again. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think that was a bit of a slap on the wrist in the early stages of this enforcement. Um, but but crazy to think of to pull back to like the guy at the bottom of the food chain, right? Like generally, I think we think of engineers and calibrators right. being the the kind of upstairs staff, the guys who are in an office. And I don't think as many people feel bad that they had to sign something. Uh, but the mechanic, the guy, the guy at the bottom rung, the guy who's like you said, just I mean, you know, trying to make trying to make rent this month. Uh, to think that he could be held responsible is a it's a scary notion. Yeah. I, I could say that right. that at the least. Now, from this experience, are you still hands-on in, in the diesel industry, automotive industry, or have you taken a step back from that? Um, as far as automotive, yeah. I mean, it's it's my daily life, right? I have a passion for it. Um, I've never stepped away from the automotive business even after this, right? Um, but the 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 fact of the matter is, you know, and even the diesel side of things, right? But I am very cautious about moving forward. Um, and, and it goes back to that, right? Um, what I can tell you is that, like I said, I mean, it goes back to the, what I had said earlier, that I don't get the feeling that the, the agents are coming after people saying, Hey, we want to screw up your life. Right. But they are enforcing a law. And, and that's where, you know, even like the situation with the mechanics, right? Like, yeah, it, people think that, Hey, because it is just exhaust, it's just an EGR kit. Right. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is what they're coming after. And the specific thing they're looking at is, are you tampering with the monitoring system that monitors and properly you know, uh, I guess runs the emission system, right? And whether it's a hard part, whether it's tuning, any of that can be considered. Um, but, but the problem is, is people look at it as, well, it's just truck parts. In a sense, sure, but that's an opinion, right? The, the fact of the matter is, it's a federal law, right? So there, there 
trying to give people ample opportunity. Like you guys said, I mean, this has been going on since early, right? Like 2011, 2012 that I remember, you know, and they said, Hey, you know, here's the deal. Um, like I said, I gave the reference of, of the website, you know, which I got directly from them saying, look, they put this out in 2020, right? They had the meeting with SEMA. They went to SEMA. They said, look, this is what we're doing. Then they posted it up on the internet for everybody to see. And, and the problem is I think we get so caught up in the politics of what we feel is right or wrong. Nobody wants to truly take a look at this stuff and say, okay, well, what's going on, right? They have an email even set up, tampering at epa.gov that you can, if you so choose, you could report somebody for tampering, but you can also, as a business owner, reach out and say, look, I have questions. Can somebody please help me on this, right? They've set that stuff up for people, right? So the, the, the problem is, is we look at this as a situation of, hey, you know, I don't believe in this. Okay, great. Well, at the end of the day, it, it's still a federal law, right? And, and whether you're the owner of the company or you're the mechanic or you're the janitor, right? It'd be no different than the, the owner of the company choosing to sell drugs out of the back and, and you basically choosing to partake in that, right? And that's, that's what people have to understand is that right or wrong, our personal beliefs are one thing. Politics are one thing. But what the facts in this instance are, are completely different. Yeah, no, I think that's that's well put. I mean, that, that that's a point that drives home, right? It's the, this is the reality we're dealing with here. Um, so as we look at moving forward, I, I wonder, I know there's been a lot of buzz right now about uh, the Supreme Court ruling on how much authority right. the EPA is able that's to enact. Pull the reins on that a little bit. Um, is that something that you think is going to help, hurt, or be indifferent to, to your guys' situation? I don't think it's going to make a difference for us or anybody that I, here's what I can tell you, right. Is like before they ever walked in our door, they'd been watching us for a year and a half. Okay. Um, the, the, the people that are out there, right. I I've spent the last year and a half, I've gone all across the country, right. From Alaska to the East coast and back. Um, I've seen where other shops that had got out of that delete game potentially later. Right. Um, that, that have said, Oh, you know, whatever. Um, but, but it's almost this thing of you kind of get this feeling, right. And I, I can't say, Hey, I've seen this shop do this or this shop do this, but you get this feeling that people still don't fully understand it, you know? And, and some of the guys that are staying away from it, um, they just, uh, you know, that's not their thing, right. Just like some guys don't mess with online. All they do is the shop stuff or vice versa. All they do is online. They don't mess with the shop. Um, but there's still this sense of like people don't fully understand what's going on. And I don't think the, the Supreme court rulings and all of that will honestly affect this. I think moving forward down the road, going towards say politics and our ability to move forward in the automotive industry and how that looks. Yes. That may play a major role in that, but currently as it stands, this has been a federal law for years. People are still violating it you know, people are still not paying attention to it. And the, the task force and the people that are set up to take care of this has been around for years and people have had plenty of warnings at this point. Right. Um, so I don't think it's going to make a difference because all of these shops I can tell you, or manufacturers or distributors or whatever the case may be are already in a file, right? Like there, there's no doubt in my mind, seeing how thorough they are. Right. And I, I haven't seen, right. They, they obviously, they don't let me see anything outside of my specific situation, even, even situations with, you know, we have co-defendants because there was other business owners. 
I don't get any privilege to anything that's going on, even in their cases, right? But based on how thorough they are and what they came at me personally with, I have no doubt in my mind that every single shop that's ever bought delete parts across the country is in a file somewhere. And whether they choose to come after them, whether they're just waiting, whether they said, you know what, it's too small, it's not worth our time, or, hey, we're just gathering more inf- evidence and we're going to hit them at a later date, I, that I can't tell you. But no doubt in my mind that everybody is in a file at some point. How big of an operation was Arm and Toys? Um, without getting too specific, I, I mean, seven-figure company. Um, you know, it's nothing crazy. I, I won't say, you know, we're like a Corey Willis or, or, uh, you know, even like a Randy's transmission, but we were fairly large. I, I think the big benefit or the big thing that really put us out there is we were very, very good at social media compared to a lot of others, which hurt us and helped us in this. I was going to say, do you think that was the downfall? Do you think that that was kind of that, like, Hey, the red flag, look at us being on social media and advertising said parts. It played a part, but I don't think that was the initial situation. Um, I, I think that we were on the radar for other various reasons. Um, and whether that was we got put on a list because of one of the suppliers that we dealt with or whether somebody called and said, hey, we think these guys are doing whatever. Whatever the case may be, I think we were on the list for some of the reasons. I also think with with that, you mentioned something that I have heard about from various shops where certain distributors over the last couple of years have had run-ins and issues. And when these shops are kind of getting hit, they're basically laying out their book of business like hey here's the vendors that we worked with these are the vendors that we sold to and it's kind of like a domino effect a lot of snitches out there i'll say it yeah yeah (laughs) um well i can tell you that uh that is how it goes um they're part of the initial process is is basically look you turn over your computers or this and that or we'll just get a warrant and we'll seize it right now and we'll get a warrant and go through it anyways right um i i've had the ability to interact with a few other major distributors or suppliers. And that's been the case. I mean, here's the thing that I don't think people realize, right? They can walk in your door before they've even come in and say, give us your computer. And they probably have most of your Facebook messages, your emails. I mean, they probably have a lot of that stuff already. Um, and so that's that's the thing. I mean, people, you know, I think underestimate, hey, when the federal government is investigating a case, this isn't your local police force that's, you know, investigating a, a $200 robbery, right? It goes back to this is a federal felony. Okay, no. so they, the, the, their ability, I mean, even I don't know their capabilities, right, fully. Um, but I can tell you that the stuff that they walk in with us, I'm like, okay, so you've never stepped foot on our property before and you have all of that? Okay, you know, I, I mean, they, like I said, they know a lot before they ever walk in your door. By the time they walk in your door, they are fully confident that they have a case and this is just, hey, let's get the last little bit of evidence type situation. Interesting. That's wild. Uh, what's your advice out there for any shop owners that are uh, at the beginning stages of this process? Um, the, the, the best thing you can do is hire a good attorney, um, that, that deals with federal, you know, criminal activity. It doesn't have to be somebody that specifically deals with EPA, just federal criminal activity in general. Um, and you know, don't, 
necessarily play hardball, right? They're going to test you to see how much you're going to lie to them, right? So you don't have to necessarily be a snitch per se, but they're going to ask you questions about certain things you did knowing the answer, right? So follow what your attorney says, get a good attorney, follow closely what they, what the attorney tells you to do and and don't try to be sneaky. Oh, let me just delete my emails or let me delete my text messages or let me try and get rid of all this stuff. After you've turned over everything that they've requested, do whatever you want. If you want to go forward, you know, with keeping your messages and and emails and everything a lot cleaner than you, you have in the past. Sure. But don't try to hide stuff because more than likely I would bet money that they probably already have it and they're going to test you to see what you're trying to do. What would you say to a, knowing what you know now, to a 2019 era of arm ripping toys as a business owner with changing up the business model or doing anything, or would you have not have done anything? What's some of that advice look like as you talk to shop owners? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just follow the laws, right? Like, regardless of what business you're doing or what it's related to, not even just EPA, hire a good business attorney, go through the laws. If there's any question about anything that you're doing in the business, hire an attorney to go find the laws for you and and tell you the legality of what you're doing, whether it's producing a part, whether it's um, the way you're you know dealing with customers, whether you're doing a raffle, right? I, I mean, it doesn't matter go through that stuff because at the end of the day, you know, when you look at how much money we made off of the deletes, we probably lost money over the years, to be honest. You know, I I mean, there's a lot of shipping issues and logistics and I can't tell you the amount of times that we, we had issues getting stuff here and we would end up, you know, uh, customer stuff was, you know, supposed to be two weeks out. It's now going on a month and we have to overnight an exhaust system, which to Alaska costs far more than the exhaust system ever costed. Right. So at at the end of the day, I mean, we probably lost money over the years, you know, going through this and, and going through the numbers with, with, you know, the feds, I mean, we probably lost money truly on, on this situation. So, but they don't care about that, right? They, they look at the gross that you made, not what you netted off of it. So the reality of it is, was it worth it? No, not at all. You know, um, it, it may have seemed like it in the moment, but just literally hire an attorney, pay attention to the laws for whatever industry you're in and make sure that you're following them. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much you think that little bit of extra cash is worth it in the long run, it's probably not. All set. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking out some time to talk to our listeners and giving us an update yeah. on your situation. Um, guys, uh, I, I think we've we've heard a lot about this. I think there's probably right. more to come uh, as more of these situations be a, develop. There's probably going to be a, a third sequel to this to this podcast, I would assume. I'm thinking we have to at the end of all of this, no? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, when it's all said and done, I'd be happy to get back on and say, hey, this is how it all played out. And, you know, this is kind of my final thoughts. I mean, unfortunate to your circumstances, what's going on, but we do appreciate you being on here and being able to walk through all this with us. Absolutely. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, guys. Listeners, uh, we really appreciate you coming by and checking out the show. Uh, Make sure you check us out on YouTube or join our Facebook group, Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, we got new logos out, uh, new t-shirts are coming out pretty soon. They're pretty slick. It's really nice. I like a lot. Um, So yeah, so we'll have apparel up in the store uh, here in the near future. Thank you so much. 
Hey guys, Jeremy uh, from the Diesel Performance Podcast. This week we're going to bring you another truck. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a 2014 uh, Chevy behind us. Uh, we're going to get into what the customer's complaints were, what I'm doing to it, and what our end goal is. Um, this week, uh, when I first started, the customer brought in the truck complaining of coolant smell and leaking and it coming out of his overflow tank. Um, so I got the truck here um, and started looking at it and started trying to figure out and reproduce his symptoms that he was having. Uh, once I was doing that, I got the truck to overheat and I got the truck to start spewing coolant through the coolant tank and now trying to figure out why was the uh, thing behind that. Uh, first thing I did is I uh, made sure that the thermostats were actually working and opening and closing properly and then I went ahead and I did a head gasket check on it um, with the, uh, a chemical test that we do. Uh, at that point uh, as soon as I did the head gasket check the truck wasn't even f running for more than a few minutes it failed immediately so that told me right away that the truck has bad head gaskets. Uh, the truck only does have, sorry, only has uh, 150, 160,000 miles on it. So it's not a lot of miles. Um, it does look like it's had a pretty rough life um, as in <laughs> what it's been through, things like that. So once we get into it, we'll be able to determine the health of the motor uh, and stuff like that as well. Um, as you can see right here, I did get into it um, and I did get the head gaskets off of it. I did get the heads over to the machine shop so we can get them pressure checked and boiled, uh, make sure that the heads weren't cracked. Um, and we did determine that it is and only is a head gasket failure. Um, so we went ahead and we got the heads back and I have them torqued down now. And I'm in the process of getting it put back together and getting a new stealth turbo put on it at the same time. Um, getting it put back in the truck and seeing what it's going to do. Well, I was taking this apart and doing the head gaskets on it. Um, we found out that the front cover was bad on it as well. Um, someone had done a CP3 conversion on this truck and while they were doing the CP3 conversion, they broke the front cover. Uh, trying to get the CP3 out or in or the CP4 out or in, um, which I don't know who did it or how they did it, but the front cover was broke. Um, that's something that you wouldn't have been able to see while it was in the truck. So while the truck is apart and while it's off, uh, good inspection is key. Uh, that's gonna be my pro tip for this week is in checking the truck, making sure that everything is okay. Cause again, you know, this thing had oil down the front of the motor and well, it was coming apart, we wanted to inspect and figure out where it was coming from. And we determined that had someone had cracked and broke the front cover on it. So we had to go ahead and put a new front cover on it. So yeah, key, patience key and like try to just inspect everything and make sure everything's okay. The worst thing you want to do is do it twice or have to tear it back apart. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, if you like some of the content that we're giving or that I'm giving, uh, give me a follow on Instagram. I'm always posting stuff about what I'm doing and things like that through the company, my personal life. Uh, it's jgarnett00 um, on Instagram. Give me a follow. Like I said, uh, last night we were at the sled poles. And thanks for listening, and we'll get back to you next week. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, before this recording, I just found out Alaska right now in the summertime, it's light all day. All, all day, night. yeah. 24 hours. <laughs>